make sure that you come. And as we wait for our IT people to fix, okay, God bless you. I will still ask one person to come and give us a summary of what we had during the week, just to spice the appetite of those who weren't here. Yes, I want a person, somebody who has been through the program from Monday to Thursday. We ended it with all night, and it was awesome. Yes, who is coming? Let me see the hand of those, the hands of those who were here during the marriage seminar. Please just lift your hands up if you know you are here. Then it means that if nobody is coming, I will call. So if you don't want me to call, you just come forward. Either elder, member, whatever. Doctor, come. I've seen that they are refusing to come, so I have to. Amen. All right, so um, on Monday, the discussion was on intimacy in marriage or relationships. And the speaker stressed the point that if we want to have intimacy with our spouses, we should first develop intimacy with God. And uh, he used, she used the example of the crucifix, that it has the vertical pole as well as the horizontal. And it is the vertical that gives support to the horizontal. And so if we develop the vertical relationship, which is between us and God, then we'll be able to support the interpersonal relationship with our spouses, and also with any other uh, person that we relate with in life. And on Tuesday, uh, we had a talk on um, keeping trust, keeping trust in uh, our relationships. And... Um, I'll, I'll skip uh, that. Maybe someone will come and uh, remind us of what he or she had. And then on Wednesday, the discussion was on fidelity in marriages. And the speaker uh, gave a lot of highlights as to how to maintain fidelity in our marriages. And one thing he said was that uh, you have to like the choice that you made. Aha. Uh -huh. And you see a lot of uh, people uh, that you would like even after your marriage, but you should be content with the choice that you have made um, so that you would not be looking outside your marriage for satisfaction after you have uh, tied the knot. And he also spoke about a lot of other things, uh, the word of God and prayer and all the other things that will help to keep uh, fidelity in our relationships. And on Thursday, he spoke on affirmation in uh, our relationships. And he made the point that um, we should learn to show appreciation. And one thing he said was that uh, we are not magicians. Uh, human beings are not mind readers. And so if your spouse or your partner does something which you like, express it. Don't assume that the person would automatically uh, know it. Let it come out of your mouth. Uh, speak it out. And with that, you'll be able to let the person see that what he or she has done, you uh, have appreciation. And he said that failing to show appreciation is like 
wrapping a gift and not presenting it. And so um, we learned a lot throughout the week. Amen. Amen. Uh, Mr. Isaac is here. Please, can you rise up so that we welcome you? The resource person who really be a blessing to us. Oh, island is left. Okay. Uh, without wasting much time, I would like to invite to the podium Elder Kevin Anna. Yes. He's a big man, a friend of mine, and my boss. Well, in the house of God, there's no big man. And indeed, I, I share that when people say you are a great man of God. I am not, because how great is our God? How great is our God? How great is his name? How great is his name? For he's the greatest of all, he's the greatest of all, and forever the same, forever the same. For he rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. Thank you. So I acknowledge with sincerity the commendations and approval of God's children, but it's important to always situate your crown at the feet of Jesus. Yours may be on your head, but once you come to Jesus, it has to be at his feet. No other place, not on his shoulders, but at his feet. Pastor Huakese and the leadership of PIWC Dansoman, as well as your wife and all the Dicknesses and Dickings and elders, as well as the church family, indeed, I'm honored to be here this morning. And thank you for accepting my two John the Baptists and uh, Joan, <laughs> the Baptist who came, Adeline Mensah and uh, Isaac Omari Kranting, because I was also with ICGC at the same time. But thankfully, we are here today. Keeping faith in Christian marriage. Over the years, I've been handling a lot of marital difficulties. So year in, year out, what I do is to do a birthday giveaway for the community of believers. And last year, we had a hangout. It's usually called hang out with Amos and friends. And the two colleagues of mine who came here actually featured, I brought the entire DVD. Um, it's available at the back. You can get it. Keeping faith in a difficult marriage was the theme at that time. I've seen a lot of people live their spouses physically, psychologically, or emotionally because there's difficulty. And that's a tragic reflection of our faith. Faith was something that jumped to my face and to my heart one night when I was praying. Fidelity, affirmation, intimacy, trust, and harmony. Any marriage that misses these five critical ingredients will be prone with crisis. And so for those of you who are singles also, these five are non-negotiables for the safety of your future marriage. Because I see too many singles rehearsing their future divorce. I had made some comments on Joy News Channel and one of the journalists decided to put something online, and so he sent it to me, and I decided to share it with others. 
and this was um, October 27, 2017, and he titled it, Women Should Help Men to Be Better Husbands. And then he put my name, Amos Kevin Anander. And so whilst I shared it, and uh, it went to a friend who is an architect, a lady friend, and then she says, oh, really? Gets her response. Elder, it is always like that. When it comes to marriage, the pressure is always on the women. When I traveled to the U.S., an elderly Ghanaian woman actually told me that if a marriage will survive, it depends on the woman. In other words, if it fails, it is the woman's fault automatically. That is society's verdict. Good morning, Elder. And so I sent a quick um, rejoinder. <laughs> this conversation, I said, had a context. A previous episode looked at how men could help their wives become better wives. Sad to say, that did not get an online story. So the story feed which you have now, how women can help men become better husbands, is a follow-up to a previous conversation. And then she still said, well, that's what it is really. So I decided to add a few lines to it. And this was what I said. I wish that it had been seen more positively than negative. The English have a statement that goes like that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And that hand is the hand of a woman, for that matter, a wife. A husband or father, for many occasions, have held on to their place as heads, as per scripture. But I always gently remind the men that their wives and mothers of the children that they have are actually the heartbeat of the home. And so whilst you're busy clutching onto your role as the head, your wife really is your heartbeat. This morning when my wife prayed for me as I left home, I felt assured. Because there's nobody who can pray for you better than your wife. And there's nobody who can attest to your Christian credentials than your spouse. Because they know you deepest and profound than any other person. Every other thing we do somewhat is choreographed. Sad to say so. The strength of women, and for that matter, wives and mothers, is seen in how they are described by the Bible, weaker vessels. And this looks like a paradox, but... It is better explained as tender, delicate, and fragile. And so on each woman here in this auditorium is rating on you, fragile, handle with care. As weaker vessels, these daughters of Eve proceed from a point of great strength as helpers to the sons of Adam. If the man was adequate in himself, he wouldn't need a helper. We are helpless without our helps. The helper and the helpee, who is stronger? We often don't avert our minds to this because we become victims of egalitarian theories. People who are jostling men out of position so they can sit on the seat of men. That's regrettable because the, the theory then is this, that what men can do, women can do, and even better. Any woman who falls for that, you don't know who you are. Indeed, what women can do, only women can do and do it well. And what men can do, only men can do and do it well. It has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with career. It's got to do with who you are and why you exist. And let's stop this competition and rivalry that is stoking the embers of fires in homes. By the way, which self-sufficient individual needs help? Additionally, between the help and the helpee, who is stronger? A gentle and a quiet spirit is the deepest allure and most profound weapon that a lady, a woman, a wife, or a mother may possess. Sadly, today, it has been misconstrued into the concept of docility and cowardice. I have been accused by many people on different platforms that I have been the voice of women, including pastors. But I'm not because, you see, the woman that you marry must be the crown to your head. 
For many men, they say they are kings of the clan, kings of a kingdom that they're building. But they forget that the king's crown is a distinguishing factor that shows his influence, his splendor, his power, his authority, his influence. And so in their can, they have a statement to that effect. One time I'd gone to the German embassy to pick a visa with my wife, and whilst we were sitting there, a gentleman walks in dressed like a, a chief or a king of some clan. And as soon as he entered, his, his move, movement caused us all laughter. And we could see that the lady in the cubicle was also laughing. Clearly, he wasn't a chief of any clan. But he had dressed in the full regalia. And I looked at the crown that he was wearing, and he had some issues. He was turned upside down. And that's what caught our attention as we were there. Because, you see, there are too many men today who are having issues with the daughters of Eve, i.e. their wives, or maybe their girlfriends. And it's simply because they don't know that when a man decides to walk with a woman, you are in a school. It's a whole educational setup. It has its own terms. It has its own uh, rudiments. And until and unless you decide to be schooled, you will be a stubborn character. And I'm here to announce to the men, women are not evil. Oh, hello. And I'm here to announce to the women, men are not a burden. And men are not a summary of all that women have as their problem. That women who have the theory and the mindset that all that is our problem is the men. And so they are fighting them. And somebody has prescribed a certain solution for the women. Fire for fire. Ebeshu in a professional way. Oja Ebeshu. And unfortunately, some of our folks are falling for that. But I'm here to get that out of your mindset that whenever you hear fire, you look for fire extinguisher. Not another fire. Because you create a bonfire and it will get out of control. So this morning, I am looking at a subject that is creating this harmony in homes. It is servant leadership versus submission. Too many folks in the house of God and in Ephesians chapter 5, which we always run to as solace. Let's go there in Ephesians chapter 5. This morning is a very casual conversation. You should have told me to dress down. So I'll just take this off. Because I'm feeling guilty standing here in my suit. And guilt is a dangerous thing to control a speaker. <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 5, we read um, from verse 22. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. And if the Bible you have, anytime you see their own husband, please underline that or highlight that, because unfortunately, some males take this to the office and insist women must submit to them. That is wrong. That's not scripture. It says to their own husbands, not even to every man. And I teach my daughters to stand up and be counted because as a father of two daughters, I need to show them that I'm confident around them and I feel comfortable when they are courageous and bold, but they are not trite and disrespectful. They are not brash. Some women have taken it upon themselves to fight. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's not your strength. That's something wrong. And there are so many men that I sit with who are sitting with women in the same house where they would have been better off staying on the rooftop. And no man wants to come to a home where he's hostile. You keep him out for good. And so we need women who are Christ-like. Because I've seen that when servant leadership 
marries submission, there's beauty. There's harmony. That where people are powerful in themselves, and sometimes the thing thrown to the young ladies is that you are an independent woman. In a world of interdependence, you don't get it. That is why many so-called independent women are being disposed of. And when you are disposed of, you become indisposed. With bitterness, with anger, with fury, with vengeance, with a bile. But we must work together. Go back to scripture. Complement one another. God must help us. Then he goes further in, then in verse 24. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men love their wives as their own bodies. There's now an introduction of their own bodies. Apart from their own husbands. Then he goes further and says this. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, and of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife sees that she reverences her husband. In 2012, I was a guest in Italy, a city called Pordenone. Stayed with Pastor Samoa, who is a Church of Pentecost pastor there. I had gotten out of my room, trying to step out, and as I stepped out, I saw an elderly Italian woman in an apron. I'm sure you have the picture there. You can put it on, on the screen, because it's in the slides. Now, as this woman stood there, I tried to exchange a few lines with her, but she couldn't speak a thing in English. And so I called Pastor Samoa, and Pastor Samoa comes and he starts speaking the local language with them, and she responded by saying, oh, my husband has not been too well. I was in the kitchen trying to fix some meal for both of us because they live together all by themselves. That's the elderly couple. Beautiful. I call them Papa and Mama. And you see the woman in the apron. While she was actually chopping fruits and veggies in the kitchen, her husband walks in. He's not been well for two weeks. Has flu and coughing at the same time, but he comes to the kitchen to gather the cutoffs, the debris, and he collects them with his frail structure, struggles to go out, and he's going to throw it into the bin whilst his wife is cooking. And I was moved when the woman said that, so I requested to take a photograph of them. And then I posted something on my Facebook, and she said that Papa was going to be 100 years in two weeks, and she is 97 in two months. But they've been living together. They have one daughter who lives in Milan, and yet this 
elderly couple are still living together, helping each other become a better person. If you sit here with a mindset in marriage that I am good alone, you have destroyed your marriage. Good alone would always fight better together. Husbands and wives must move from I am good all by myself to we are better together. And look at their ages. And yet they are together. But the story we are told is that marriages in the West aren't working. And it's because of what you've been watching. Too many of us, I'm a person in the media so I don't take to flag media houses. But I, I, get, I get very bothered by the narrative and the storylines of these telenovelas. They poison the minds of young men and young women and create a very fouled relational atmosphere. And so the relationships don't work. They become very experimental, overly casual, excessive sex. And it's as though that is the model. But I'm here to announce to each one of you that until and unless we go back to our relationship with Jesus, we will struggle to be husbands. Until and unless we go back to a good relationship with Jesus, we will struggle to be wives. Because the things you learn in school the things you hear on the radio, the things you see on the silver screen, the television, are all fighting your Christ-likeness. Apostle Nyansa Hefron once made a very profound statement. What you behold, you invariably become. Be careful what you're watching. Because the things you watch creates a deposition in you. And many of us don't know the power of visuals. It is said that an image speaks a thousand words. There are people who don't know the power of these visuals. And so this conversation I'm having really is a discussion within the context of church. So if you're not a church fellow, what I say won't make sense to you. In fact, you won't be my primary consideration. Secondly, it's important to understand that God's foolishness is better than the wisest wisdom of today. Thirdly, it's important to understand that both husbands and wives are saved by grace and grace alone. Not grace plus other things. And so under no circumstance must a wife or a husband see themselves as superior to the other. So that the other plays a second fiddle or is inferior. No. Because the woman was taken out of man according to Genesis. And if that is supposed to be true, God then now brings back the woman to the man. And guess what? The man says, thou art woman for you were taken out of me. And so I struggle to come to terms with the men who beat their wives and come and sit in church. Because it sounds like seeing somebody walking on the street and hitting his jaw. Don't you think he's crazy? Don't you think something is going out of line? So when a man has a wife and he decides to be flirting out because his wife has seized fire and she can no longer respond to open ye the gates and let the king of glory enter. And she's asking, who is the king of glory? And all the women here who are married will say, my dear husband. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, are you here? How many married women are here? Let me see. Singles, don't worry. You have your turn. You have your day. I'm discussing a big singles event with pastor. And that will be your day. Oh, hallelujah. Because I believe in singles. We're going to roll out what we call singles in 3D. Right in this auditorium. And so look out for singles in 3D. It's coming. No, I struggle. Because you see, 
How can you say because your wife is not giving you sex, you find an outlet in the office? The Bible says that he who commits adultery is brainless. I look at PIWC Dansoman and the men here are brainful men. So it is strange for a man who is wise to be sleeping around with young girls because your wife isn't giving you sex. He who commits adultery, the Bible says, is foolish. And when you read further in the message Bible, he says that he soon will have his nose bloody and his eyes bloodshot and his reputation ruined for good. Adultery is not pleasurable. It's not fun. And in our age and time where sex is available, Everywhere you turn, on carpenter's bench, in taxis, at the beach, at packed dark alleys, you see vehicles reverberating. Boom, 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 boom. No, that cannot be fun. That is disgusting. We need a man to sit back again and review our roles as men. And the Apostle Paul speaks to the church in Ephesus and he makes it clear. And when you go to verse 21, he says, let us submit to one another. Who is the one another about? It means in church right now, the professor submits to the pauper. The rich man submits to the lady or gentleman who is in rags. Simply because they are the image bearers of Christ. I don't struggle to submit to my wife. In fact, I was telling one lady yesterday that my wife is my best friend and I have no friend besides my wife because I don't need that. When I'm broken and down, the one who gives me consolation is my wife. And she's my best counselor. If I don't hear the Holy Spirit, I don't take what my wife says for granted. There are men who are in churches and are very dismissive of their wives. And there are women who have also grown and they have best bettered that act by telling their husbands, you can't control me. It's not about control, it's about sweet surrender. Sweet surrender. If you see sweet surrender, you won't understand that. A young man was listening to our farm live show on CTFM and then he decides to go out of the house out of anger. And as he turned the ignition, we were talking about anger that destroys. And he patiently listened for about five minutes and decided to drive back home. It was a Saturday. He wasn't supposed to go to work, but he decided because he was angry, he would rather go to the office and spend the rest of the day there. And so whilst we were having a conversation on anger that destroys, he decides to go back to his wife. And then when he gets home, the wife asks him, why are you so early back now? What's happening? He says, I left something. And the wife went like, what did you leave? He said, I left you. Oh, that's sweet surrender. That's sweet surrender. I mean, to be left, and he comes back for that which he left. There are Christians who don't miss their spouses when they travel. They really love it when they travel. Because they feel free. They are free-spirited. They enjoy the ambience of being alone and not fighting over remote with someone. I had a conference with singles and I asked them, what do you enjoy the most as a single? He said, I don't have anybody to argue with me on which channel to watch. <laughs> there are people out there who are poisoning the minds of individuals and they call themselves experts. Experts. When I hear the word experts, I cringe. Because when it comes to marriage, there's no expert. Because we are all still work in progress and we are still learning. And you learn to your discomfort. The Lord led me to write a new piece recently titled The Twelve Disciples of Marriage. And the first disciple is called Adjustment. 
There are people who are married and they are following experts. This is a young man who wants to learn bomb making and he goes to Afghanistan and he's been taught how to make bombs. And he says to them, pay attention because I'm only going to do this once. He's going to detonate the bomb. There are experts who are giving prescriptions that when you take home, it will destroy your marriage. There are others who are also following parental pathway. Your father and mother's battle, they fought. In your childhood, you have brought it into your marriage. And it is influencing the way you are living with your spouse. Your father and mom may have been well intended. But their model, if it is not connected to Christ, is not a good example. Others are also following social media. And when it comes to social media, people are very loud. Very bold. You throw something that people don't spend time to read through and they respond. Yesterday, somebody I respect so much sent me a notice that I should shut my phone at 12 midnight. And I respect this person. He's a seasoned scientist. And he sent me this. And I looked at it and I said, I got this a year ago. Why did this brother miss this? Within 30 minutes, he sent me a message. Man of God, sorry, what I sent you was false. It's fake news. I've just checked. Why? Fake news. Fake things. Young people on social media posting all sorts of things. And now that leads to all these pepperdem movements. I'm a strong advocate against pepperdem. Because I can't stand pepper. Pepper in my mouth, I can't stand. So pepper in the eyes of somebody, I can't wish it. I would rather they went on a new crusade. Why do you pepper somebody? For what? What do you gain by peppering someone? You say they got it wrong. I didn't get it wrong. I've listened extensively to all the dialogues. I've gone to social media to look at the theories that pushes the agenda. It is not Christ-like. And if it is not Christ-like, it doesn't gel. It must fit in Christ before the Christian can take it. Are we together, church? Too many people are learning all kinds of things from people who are bitter, who are hurt. And they're getting into that mode. And so last time when Pampa them was having a hangout, I decided to buy some chicken and donate it to them. Pamper the men. Because you see, what many young girls and wives fail to recognize is this, that in every grown man, there is a boy. If you are patient, you will touch the boy. And when you touch the boy, the man will be vulnerable. Now, I'm going to show you something. And you listen to any man who has been swayed from his marriage. He will tell you that the boy factor was discovered. And the young girls are using what I call the Delilah therapy. The Delilah therapy. And one of the Delilah therapy strategies is this. Put the man on your lap and run your fingers acrylic or otherwise with a co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-co-
This is what he has done. And he sees nothing wrong. So I engaged this guy in a conversation. He went like, I look at her and say, what? Uh, is that for real? <laughs> you know, I said, what? <laughs> for those of you who thought I was speaking in tongues, <laughs> let me descend onto the F. <laughs> this young man looks at me in the face and he was shocked to the bone that these people are making a big fuss of the fact that he had impregnated three girls and he saw nothing wrong. And then this was... His review of the issue relating it to what his father has done. He's nowhere to what the father has done. His father impregnated 14 women and never married one. And so he did not understand and he gesticulates at me. You know, I have only three and see the big issue. I'm nowhere near my father. And as I stood there, I was shivering and I said, Oh God, indeed, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the son's teeth have been set on edge. But I read further. And he says, it shall not be said again that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth have been set on edge. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the reason why a lot of husbands struggle to be servant leaders at home is because we are yet to submit to Christ as our head. A young man was complaining about his wife, nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging. And I look at him and say, bro, are you sure your wife is nagging? Are you not invalidating her feelings? Are you not dismissing her views? And then he went on and on and on and on and on. He spoke for almost 20 to 30 minutes. And then the wife said, I have only one question for my husband. When will Jesus be your head? When will Jesus be your head? Jesus says, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are some men who are burdening to women. There are some men who are back-breaking pain for women. There are equally some women who are rottenness in the bone close to leukemia. And the man is looking for a therapy to cure that brokenness condition. But in church, first, Jesus must be the center of it all. The Apostle Paul spoke about it. Christ loves his church. With all the faults that your wife has, you have no choice but to love her. Your wife is not communicating with you. You have no reason to be flirting on your cell phones. We take couples on retreats, and one of the recurring situations that we have is, I want to know my husband's password. Some have three-layer password. It's almost like the three-tier pension. They are getting used to Trinity. We had a case which we had in a meeting where a woman decided that me, I will show you. When the husband was asleep, he put his fingerprint on the phone and it opened and she ran into the toilet. She was navigating her way. And then the chats were emailed into her inbox. She had to now pretend she has not seen anything. That is dangerous. Pretension is dangerous. This gadget was designed to aid and facilitate the work you do. It's not meant to enslave you. Sadly, people have become slaves to this. I gave a young man lift. He was coming to church on the motorway stretch. And so he sat in the car. Good morning, Elder. How are you? Very fine. I hope you're doing well. As we were chatting, he just bent his head like this. Chatting from that stretch of Dawinya across to the end of the motorway. And when he was about to leave, 
I said to him, there are some words that have been introduced into the dictionary. One is called fabbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. And the other one is technofriends. Now, what is happening today is this, that thankfully you haven't heard it make noise. But elsewhere, you are sitting in the service and phones are just going haywire. Now, what is happening also is this, that with the fobbing, you get so glued to your phone that you literally disconnect with those who are closest to you. What we are doing to ourselves is that we are connecting with distant people and we are disconnecting from those who are within proximity. And we get into the state of illusion. I have 20,000 followers, and so what? I got 15,000 likes, and so what? Listen, those of you sitting in church, in church, we are not celebrities. Celebrity life is such an illusion. See what they are fighting over, cars. I was in Zurich, sitting in a the room there watching Hurricane Michael in America. Somebody's Range Rover, tear rubber, as we call it in Ghana. He left it, and the rain, the water that had risen was carrying it away. Somebody's God. Somebody's idol. And Jesus said it. What shall it profit a man, a woman, if you gain the whole world's wealth and lose your soul? Somebody had left his room and was on his rooftop and helicopter was lifting him. He had no shoes on. Be careful the things you hold dear. Husbands and wives, let's go back and submit to Jesus. And as we submit to Jesus, we must keep the covenant. Let's not break the covenant. Too many people are broken covenant in homes. In homes. Just started a series on Sunny FM on Saturdays. You can listen. Between 3.30 and 4. Couples in covenant. Today, many have forgotten the covenant they took. We stood in front of church people and said, I take you to be my wife. I take you to be my husband. Then we move out of here. I will cherish you. I will honor you in health and sickness for richer and for poorer. Then we go further and he says, nothing but death do part us. May God help us. I was on joy the other day and we were doing a walk with Jesus and we were calling people asking, do you remember your marital vows? Some as young as three years don't remember what they said to each other. Why? Because we get into the space where we get so excited about colors. About the number of people who, who follow us. About where we are going to have our honeymoon. But may God help us. It is also that the couple must always make Jesus the Lord. If we are going to be able to submit and to serve one another, it is important that we exalt Christ, not ourselves. Because in ourselves is brokenness, in ourselves is failing, but in Christ. There's a perfect reflection of God's beauty. And that's why I like that song. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Oh, his wondrous compassion and purity. Oh, thou. Oh, thou. Spirit divine. Jesus, be seen. 
ask you, for those of you who are married, if your wife or husband is here, I want to do a quick exercise before I leave. Locate your wife. Use a GPRS to locate your wife. Put on your Bluetooth and, and connect. Yes, he's doing that. Find your wife. Find your husband. If your wife or husband is here, quickly, please. I'm serious. If your wife is here, go to her right now. Go and stand by her. Oh, Spirit Ivan, oh, my nature, refund. Trust your items into the hands of someone and come, come. Where's the bag? I'm going to make you do a very important exercise. I brought these biscuits. They're just normal biscuits. There's nothing exceptional. Now get close to your husband or wife. Husbands and wives, I need all of you. Please line up and face each other. Face each other. Face each other. Some of you, you haven't looked into each other's eyes for a very long time. I want the man to tell the lady, look into my eyes, baby. The man, tell your wife, look into my eyes, baby. I want to set emotions on revival tonight. Oh, praise God, church. So what I'm going to do is that before you leave here, now we are sending this round. You as a couple... I don't know who will be the first to pick it, but you are going to take it and this biscuit, you must chew it together without touching it. Somebody say hallelujah. So I'm going to come down. So you hold it first. Those with babies need help. Somebody rescue the babies. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be. Just hold your biscuit in place. Hello, 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 hello. Please help those with babies. Help those with babies. I need some assistance here. Help those with babies. Okay. Can you open the other one, please? Open. Open and share. Ah, sorry. Oh, no. You don't have to take half. Ignore the half. I need full. Don't take half. Leave the half in. Take the full one. Yeah? Okay. Have you gotten yours? Okay. Baby, hold on for daddy and mommy, okay? You have yours? Okay. Don't, don't be worried about the belly. Draw closer. Draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. Full one, full one. Yes, full one. Full one. Full one. Please, I need some biscuits here. Now face each other. It's here. Everybody face one another. You decided to dress down. Now please listen. These are the instructions. The biscuit must be chewed together without being touched by anybody. So the first thing is that the one to hold it will put it there. Now hold it together with your teeth and then I say start work. Okay, so position, position the biscuit. Position the biscuit. Now start work. Chew it together. Chew it together. Don't touch it. Your lips must touch each other. Enjoy it together. And do as the Lord leads you. Do as the Lord leads you. Do as the Lord leads. Hallelujah. We thank God. Now listen. I want you to now hold each other. Hold each other. The man, lock your wife from the lower part. Lock her. 
If you are taller, you want to lift. If you have the weight, fine. <laughs> now hold her and let her rest her head either on your chest or on your shoulder. Now I want, I want the man to whisper something very important to the wife. Whisper something. If you have a prayer request, put it across. If you have a special request for tonight, put it across. It is time to put your request across. Now reverse it. The man now places his head on the chest of the wife. And now your turn to whisper something to your spouse. Say something. Bless them. Pray for them. Make a declaration. And I want the church to rise, please. Now, please hold each other together. Hold yourselves together. Hold it. Hold it tight. Don't let anything pass between you and your wife. Hold her face straight. And uh, church, please stretch forth your hands towards these ones. I want us to pray for marriages. Marriages must work. It must not be a burden to love someone who is not an enemy. We marry those we love. How come people become enemies? I want you to pray for one another. Lay hands over each other as the church prays for you. Out of your bowels of compassion, pray for the marriages in this church. Pray. Sow a seed in their marriage because I'm very certain the seed will germinate and will bless you yourself in your marriage as well.
People have become victims of relationships and have developed a fatigue. Lord, we pray that you heal their hearts. If there's anyone who is hurting others, Lord, speak to them. Lord, speak to them. And let your love spread abroad in our hearts that Christ will shine through the darkness of this world. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take your spouse with you and love them and live with them. God bless you. It's all